Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. This Joycast is a free service brought to you by Joy 94.9. Support Joy 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Mooney Valley City Council's celebration of Ida Hobbit Day, the International Day of Homophobia, Biphobia, Intersexism and Transphobia. My name is Cam Nation. I'm a current councillor here at the City of Mooney Valley. And I'm absolutely delighted to be invited to be your MC for tonight's events. Tonight is a landmark event for the city of Mooney Valley. Tonight we challenge the discrimination and intolerance that still exists in our society. Tonight we come together as a community to show our support for our lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, intersex and queer community members. And tonight we recognise Tuesday's celebration of Ida Hobbit Day and reinforce that every single member of our community has the responsibility to make our society a more tolerant and inclusive place to live. And what better way to mark the occasion than taking over Mooney Valley's premier venue, the Clock Tower Centre, to celebrate the diversity of our community and to continue to advocate for equality. Our feature tonight will be a screening of the critically acclaimed Gaby Baby, a documentary by Maya Newell, which follows the lives of Gus, Ebony, Matt and Graham, four children with gay or lesbian parents, as they explore the ways in which growing up as a gaby has affected them. It is a film which exposed the homophobic undertones of many parts of Australian society, when in mid-2015, some schools and even the state of New South Wales banned the screening of the film as a way of shielding children from the reality that LGBTIQ families do exist. Thankfully, here in Victoria, and particularly in Mooney Valley, we do acknowledge the existence of our LGBTIQ community. Over the past three years, particularly in my time on council, we have moved both council's diversity, access and equity policy and our landmark first LGBTIQ action plan. We've convened Council's first ever LGBTIQ working group, started our first ever same-sex attracted youth group, advocated for the continuation of the Safe Schools Coalition, hosted events as part of the Midsummer Festival, all while celebrating the diversity of our LGBTIQ community. To tell us a little bit more about what we're doing here at Mooney Valley to make our community more inclusive and to officially open tonight's proceedings, I would like to invite my good friend and strong supporter of the LGBTIQ community and also our Mayor, Ms Andrea Sarace. Mooney Valley City Council respectfully acknowledges the traditional custodians of this land, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, their spirits, ancestors, elders and community members past and present. Council also extends this respect to the elders and descendants of other Aboriginal peoples here today. Mooney Valley is proud of its diverse community 
and acknowledges the contributions that all people make to this vibrant and inclusive municipality. I'd also like to acknowledge Councillor Cam Nation as the portfolio holder for economic development, a member of Mooney Valley's LGBTIQ working group and tonight's MC. Members of the LGBTIQ working group and community. So it's with great pleasure that I welcome you to our film screening of Gaby Baby in recognition of International Day Against Homophobia, Biphobia, Intersexism and Transphobia. Council is committed to creating an inclusive city which celebrates the strengths of our diverse community. In 2015, the city's first LGBTIQ action plan was adopted, which outlines our support for lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, intersex and queer community members and their families. We're working towards creating a safe and welcoming community where everyone can live free from homophobic, biphobic, intersexism or transphobic discrimination. No one should face violence or discrimination because of who they are or whom they love. Council is a proud ally of the LGBTIQ community and over the last year we have coordinated a number of events, raising awareness of the diversity that exists within our community. You may have noticed the rainbow flags flying at the Muni Ponds Junction this week, making our support very visible. We've recently sent out letters to our Prime Minister, Education Minister, Premier of Victoria, Safe Schools, Coalition and Member Schools in Mooney Valley, stating our clear support for the Safe Schools Coalition Program. At our Mooney Valley Festival, we had a rainbow tent showcasing the large rainbow flag, which you may have noticed is displayed in the foyer here tonight, with messages of support from the community. In January this year, we held a premiere event during Midsummer Festival at our incinerator gallery titled All You Need Is Love. And for those of you who may have had the chance to go there, it was a fantastic exhibition. The exhibition showcased 24 families photographed on their beds, challenging the heteronormative perception of what a family is. Similarly, the documentary you will be viewing tonight provides a window into the homes and lives of four diverse families, told from a child's perspective. It's the strong love, commitment and devotion to one another that makes their family whole. While in recent times the heteronormative perception of family is being rightfully challenged, this film shines an important spotlight on the unnecessary scrutiny and discrimination which members of the LGBTIQ community often face on a daily basis and the long-term struggle to achieve equality. So I thank you all for being here tonight to celebrate diversity. So now we're going to show you a short film from the All You Need Is Love exhibition, which highlights the importance of this work. And I hope you enjoyed the film screening this evening. And thank you all for coming. Thank you. (laughs) 
Such a great recap of what was an amazing event down at the Incinerator Gallery in conjunction with the Midsummer Festival. And I'd like to thank uh, very much our Mayor, Andrea Sarace, and it is fantastic to have our city being led by someone who does value the importance of our LGBTIQ community and who understands the challenges that still exist in today's society. I must also make special note that uh, the Mayor was at an event to launch Midsummer late last year, and I don't think she'll mind me telling this story, but she had so much fun that somehow over the, the weeks that followed, she managed to talk her way onto the judging panel for Miss Gay Australia and Miss Transsexual Australia and ended up judging the Australian finals, and I think she's talked herself into judging it again next year. I don't know what qualification she has, but uh, yeah, she's nodding. She'll be back again next year to judge that fantastic event. Um, now, from one amazing woman to another, I'd like to invite Sally Conning to join us on stage. Sally's been a member of Council's LGBTIQ working group since its inception and helps guide the development of Council's first LGBTIQ action plan. Sally is one of a number of our working group members who are here tonight, all of whom have played an instrumental role in aiding Council's advocacy in this space. And this evening, Sally is going to speak about the history and meaning of Ida Hobbit Day. Please welcome Sally Conning. Thank you, Cam, and hi, everyone. On this day two years ago, Mooney Valley City Council had a workshop to gain important information about its GLBTIQ community members and how council could better plan for their needs. It was chaired by my good friend Daniel Woodhouse, who you will hear from in a moment. It was to coincide with Ida Hobbit Day celebrations being held around the world. So what is Ida Hobbit Day? In 2004, a group of people decided it was need, a day was needed to raise awareness of GLBT rights violations and stimulate interest in the GLBT rights worldwide. It started in 2005 as Idaho Day. The date 17 May was chosen to commemorate the decision to remove homosexuality from the International Classification of Diseases of the World Health Organisation in 1990. In 2009, transphobia was added explicitly to the title of the name in recognition of the very different issues at stake between sexual orientation and gender expression. Ida Hot became another popular acronym used along with the initial one. Biphobia has also been added to the title to acknowledge the specific issues faced by bisexual people and then intersex people to ensure even more inclusion and reflect the diversity of sexuality and gender minorities. So here we are today commemorating Ida Hobbit Day. Thank you. Thanks, Sally, and once again, thank you to all our working group members. I know I saw many on the way in, and tonight's event was actually the brainchild of our working group who suggested we stage this screening in conjunction with Ida Hobbit Day, and I do look forward to all those working group members continuing with their involvement with our city. Another person who has been along for most of the ride is Daniel Whithouse, who is our guest speaker this evening. It is almost two years to the day when a group of about 30 people sat around upstairs for an evening of discussions and conversations to help council improve representation, access and, and equity 
for lesbian, gay, transgender, intersex and queer community members in Mooney Valley. Daniel facilitated this very first event, as well as our second discussion evening, from which we began to develop our LGBTIQ action plan and the establishment of our working group. For those who haven't met Daniel, he is the author of Beyond Priscilla, One Gay Man, One Gay Truck, One Big Idea, Beyond That So Gay, Challenging Homophobia in Australian Schools, and The Pride and Prejudice Educational Package. Daniel has spent almost two decades challenging homophobia, as he says, one cup of tea at a time, with a focus on schools, rural communities and abroad in developing countries. In 2013, Daniel founded the National Institute for Challenging Homophobia Education, which focuses on the needs of regional, rural and remote Australia. This organisation is partnering with Victoria's Gender and Sexuality Commissioner, Rowena Allen, for her rural tour of 20 towns commencing later this year. So, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our guest speaker, Daniel Whithouse. Uh, good evening, everyone, and thank you for having me here tonight. Um, I'm actually excited to be here for a couple of reasons. Um, the first is a lot of people don't know that actually I have a connection to Moody Valley City Council. It was in 1999 that I started here as a youth worker when I was pretty much a, a baby gay uh, in formation. And I stayed until 2003 and I think at the time I was a little bit ahead of my time because um, at that time I was trying to start a same-sex attracted young people's group so um, gender diversity wasn't something that we spoke about in this space and also I was developing up my prog uh, program called uh, Pride and Prejudice which had been done in a, an all-boys Catholic school in Geelong. I tried to do that within some of the schools in the city of Mooney Valley and let's just say that was a step too far. Um, one of the reasons why I love being here tonight is it shows how um, organisations and particularly local government can change over time. So when I was here in 1999 through to 2003, the councillors and the upper echelons of the, the council weren't necessarily um, supportive of the work that I was doing. And it's actually not, not many people know is that I left in 2003 because um, I was asked to compromise the work that I did in schools and with young people. But I think that Mooney Valley actually is um, symbolic of the work that mainstream organisations, particularly local governments and particularly in the West, um, what's going on at the moment. So with, with readiness, with investment and leadership, Mooney Valley has gone from being someone who used to follow Hobson's Bay City Council, and we know the great work that they have done out Hobson's Bay away through the, the work of former, former Mayor Tony Briffer. But also I think Mooney Valley has been um, um, unique in that it's actually um, had such a willingness to listen to its LGBTIQ working group. And I think that everything that we have tonight and everything that will be going forward and with the action plan is because of that willingness to listen. And that um, sometimes, sometimes people think leadership is telling people what to do and don't necessarily recognise that it's listening um, to what people have to say. The other reason why I love being here tonight is because it's so good to talk about family. Um, so often I'm talking about LGBTI people and not the context around them. And rather than being like a, an elephant in the room whenever I do my LGBTI work, I think that family is like a herd of elephants um, in the room. As was said, I'm the founder and CEO of the National Institute for Challenging Homophobia Education, or NICHE for short. And what NICHE does is it partners mainstream organisations and rural communities to make those communities safer for LGBTI people. 
And that's built on 20 years of my work. So actually, in, um, 20 years ago, come December, December will be the 20 year anniversary of me walking into the city of Greater Geelong's youth services to say, I'd like to volunteer with your gay and lesbian youth group. Um, so things have come a long way. Most of the work I've done has been in schools and rural communities. And I think what I'm, I'm most excited about with my work at the moment is that firstly, we're, we're, um, Niche has become a charity. So at the end of last year, we actually got um, deductible gift recipients day. So what that means is you can go to niche.org.au and you can actually donate and that money can go towards rural LGBTI work. The second thing I'm excited about is that with the money that we've re received so far, we're actually going to the three most homophobic places in Australia to do work with um, their local LGBTI communities and people often ask which are the most you know <laughs> homophobic places in Australia if you look at national homophobic attitude research it'll say that it's country Queensland the northwest of Tasmania and Mount Gambia so Tomorrow morning at the crack of dawn, I'll be getting on a plane and I'll be actually going to the northwest of Tasmania to actually run a rural retreat for LGBTI people who are aspiring leaders. So these are people who, rather than us going in as a service and doing things in schools and community organisations, we're equipping those LGBTIQ people to be able to go back into their own communities and actually do this work themselves. So. That's quite exciting. And as was said, we have the most remarkable uh, person in Rowena Allen, who's our Gender and Sexuality Commissioner. And uh, Ro has um, said, look, this is not just about what happens in Melbourne and um, you know, in the inner city and on the outskirts. This is about what happens across, because Ro comes from a, um, a rural background. This is what happens across Victoria. So with the 20 uh, towns that she's going to be uh, going to over the next um, financial year, um, she wants to ensure that LGBTIQ people are supported and safe before, during and after the times that she actually comes to town. So all of that is quite exciting work for me. In terms of um, what have I found over the last 20 years when I think about LGBTIQ people and family, we know that people will say family has this amazing ability to bring us all together and to draw us in. And we know the benefits of strong, functioning, healthy families. But what's often unspoken is how family can also brutally exclude. When I go around the country and I talk to rural communities and the folk that live there, they'll say, look, it's about bloody time that we actually have these conversations in our communities. It's about bloody time that we start to think about the context, it's the families, it's the schools, it's the organisations around LGBTI people. And the reason why they say it's about bloody time is for two reasons. The first being the rural suicide statistics and how young LGBTIQ people are way, way overrepresented. But the other way in which they talk about um, it being of importance is that so many young people um, LGBTIQ and older people as well feel that they can't be themselves in their own community, the community that they grew up in, in the families that they grew, grew up in, so that they therefore feel somehow that they have to leave for the big smoke, they have to go elsewhere, they have to leave their family of origin, they have to leave their community, which is, you know, essentially people will say this is like my broader family as such. Why do I talk about rural and regional stuff if we're talking about, you know, the fact that we're in Mooney Ponds at the moment? Um, one of the studies that came out last year, and this reflects my findings as I drove around the country. So for those of you who don't know, I, um, a couple of years ago, I jumped in my openly gay truck called Bruce, and I drove for 266 days around regional, rural and remote Australia. And the reason why I did that was to try and get a modern day snapshot about what it was like for LGBTIQ people outside of the inner city suburbs. 
And as Cam said, to challenge homophobia one cup at a time. But what I've found anecdotally matches up with the research that we're now getting, which is that um, LGBTIQ people's experience in outer metropolitan areas, in those middle to outer suburbs, actually mimics what's going on for those people in regional, rural and remote Australia. So there are more similarities that they have than with the inner city of places like Melbourne, Sydney and Brisbane. So it's food for thought about how we can uh, make people feel welcome, included, safe and supported. And uh, initiatives like this at a local government level, we know, uh, actually matter in people's lives. One of the things that I find interest, interesting when I, when I talk to people about families, I still remember that there was a PFLAG president some 20 years ago when I was first coming out and doing this work. And she said, what I find really, really interesting is um, the lack of spaces for families to actually process when an LGBTIQ person comes out. And she said, if you think about how long it takes for us to be able to, um, 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 I guess, realise who and what we are and come to terms with that and come out to ourselves let alone other people, um, where is that time and space for families to do that? And I know that a lot of work, and I was, I've been speaking to some, some mainstream organisations who work with families, and they say very much that that's what they're trying to do at the moment with trans and gender diverse people, because what they recognise is that 20 years ago that work wasn't done very well in terms of mainstream organisations with, um, with then gay, lesbian and bisexual people. What I think about when I think about family and the LGBTI communities and my observations and my own experiences is that we have um, this opportunity to build our own families. We really do have that opportunity. Sometimes that's forced and sometimes that's through our own experiences and the people we gather around us. Now, I'm thinking about this at the moment because um, actually my family, to be honest at the moment, sections of it are being a little bit Jerry Springer. Um, and for those of you who are old enough to know Jerry Springer or the reference, but um, um, it's, it's made me think about, you know, what is, what is my family now 20 years on, um, 20 years since I came out to my family of origin? So I thought I'd go through um, my, my magic five. So for those of you who don't know, um, if you've heard me speak before, I talk about how I've met LGBTIQ people in every nook and cranny of this great country. And often people will think you have to be in Melbourne or Sydney to thrive um, in the country of Australia. But what I've found is that you can thrive anywhere at all if you have supportive people around you. And through um, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of cuppers with LGBTIQ people, they've basically said, if I've got five awesome people in my life who are supportive of me, it, it's all, it almost makes me bulletproof. What we do know from the research is quite sobering. We do know that if you're LGBTI or Q, the chances are you're going to face every day homophobia, biphobia, intersex phobia, transphobia in your life. It's inevitable that you will face some of that. The difference, if you look at the health and well-being statistics, is how you manage that and the support that you have around it. And if you can have five people who remind you that it's not your problem, it's the homophobic, transphobic, biphobic, etc. people, if it's their problem, then something special starts to happen. So my family of choice, I thought I'd run through them and my magic five. So I know if... Um, um, SHIT, because I'm not sure about the audience members in your age, but SHIT hits the fan, is that I can go to these five people and by the time I've had five cups of tea with them, I feel that the world is okay again. So the five supportive people, and I get you to reflect on who your magic five might be. 
Um, the first person is my partner, Josh. I've been with him for two and a half years. Um, what I love about Josh is he really doesn't care that I do all of this work. So he knows that I run around the country and I do speaking gigs and all the rest of it. But he really doesn't care and he always brings me back to earth because all he wants to do is kind of sit on the couch um, in our tracky dacks and chat and have a laugh. And I, I must admit, sometimes I find it with this work very, very hard to laugh. So I quite appreciate that. It's also hard to be my partner. Now, I'm not saying I'm Tom Jones, again, if you're old enough to remember that reference, and it's not like I've got people throwing knickers on the stage at me when I get up. But what I will tell you is often I get sent underwear in the mail and things like that. So, um, so he has to be a very understanding and not a jealous partner. So he is one person who is important in my Magic Five. The second person is um, Kenton. Now, Kenton is a great artist and a great cartoonist, as well as being um, an amazing facilitator and trainer. Now Kenton's kind of like this uncle and I often go to him when I want to talk about you know things that are going on in my life or with my work and he's quite a good sounding board and I always go let's take a, a walk along the Yarra. We walk along the Yarra and we do that for about an hour and I always go to Kenton with an agenda and I want to, I want to get through particular things with him and by the time I get to the end of it after an hour we actually haven't we haven't addressed anything I came to talk to him about, but somehow I'm calmer and happier for the things that we've talked about. He's a true artist in um, um, being focused on the process rather than the outcome. There's my friend Kath, who I work with at Kids Helpline. She's kind of like an art, and she's one of the most curious people that I know. She's a straight mother of 10. Yes, 10 people, 10 uh, little people. Um, she's, she's the most curious person that I know, and she reminds me that um, if in doubt, just shut up, listen, and ask lots of questions. Then there's my friend Rodney, who's um, a, a um, rather um, um, famous and probably infamous um, LGBTIQ activist. And he's kind of like a big brother because we're always arguing about everything. But he reminds me that all this work that we do and who, who and what we are, we're really just a drop in the ocean of life. But what he reminds me is that um, that ocean is still important. The fact that we're, we're, you know, like I kind of do all of this work, the fact that I'm striving for something greater, that's something greater is important, even though it's only a very small piece of the puzzle. And then there's my mum, and every, everyone always asks me about, you know, why I'm so obsessed with cuppers, and my mum is actually the person who taught me the art of a cuppa. So whilst dad was out in the garage having beer, you know, swigging beer with his mates and talking uh, bull crap, mum was in the kitchen and she was having cups of tea with all of the women and they were gossiping and sharing stories and solving each other's problems. And I was always around the corner listening in and I realised that if I wanted to get to know people and find, like, come together with them, that a hot beverage, preferably a cup of tea, was always going to get me across the line and, and that's why I've had thousands and thousands of them throughout my life. I think that um, in conclusion, what I wanted to say um, is that, you know, as um, my good friend Sally was talking about Ida Hobbit Day, and it's important that we use this day to obviously commemorate the hurt and harm that's been done to LGBTIQ people over the years by individuals, our families and our institutions. But it's also important to celebrate as well. So these gatherings are important because as I drive around the country and I talk to people, they say we lack safe spaces to come together and be ourselves and to share our stories. Um, and even though I, I hope for equality, um, I hope that we remain to be the best people as LGBTIQ people at throwing a great party. What I do think that either Hobbit can be is a chance to do a little bit of stock take and go, where are we and where do we need to go? And if I look around Australia at the moment, there has never been a better time to be LGBTI or Q in this country. 
if your LinkedIn is supported. But unless your LinkedIn is supported, the research tells us your experience is going to be similar to what it was for LGBTIQ people 15 to 20 years ago. One of the things I like to think about is how we can all make a difference. And one of those things is to be one of those supportive people in LGBTIQ people's lives, but also if you come into contact with them to think about how you can help them build five magic, the, the magic five, those five supportive people around them in their lives. Now, the, the truth remains that we, and it's a rainy night in Melbourne, so we can kind of maybe think about this, is that um, LGBTIQ people all uh, stand under the same rainbow umbrella. And often at times it can be like a blended family and go, why am I standing next to you and what's that for? And maybe people are dismissive or, or, or hurtful to other people standing on the, under the umbrella. But the reason why we're all under that umbrella is because we all face this unnecessary crap for who and what we are. And I think that um, with that in mind, um, the more that we can think about how we support one another, the better. The last thing I'll say is that um, there was um, a great person, I don't know who they are, they once said the truth will set us free. Um, I do a little bit of a take on that and I think that through my experiences I see that stories, our everyday stories can change hearts and minds like nothing else, like no program, legislation, whatever that might be. So what I'll say tonight is our shared everyday stories will set us free. Um, please make sure that you listen to others. And in that sense, um, it's great that we've got the story of Rainbow Families tonight and Gaby Baby. But also don't forget on this Ida Hobbit occasion to please, please also share your own and don't underestimate the power of what will, do, what will happen when you do. Um, happy Ida Hobbit and enjoy your night. Thank you so much. Thank you, Daniel. Such a, a source of knowledge and an inspiration. And, and Mooney Valley City Council is obviously so indebted to Daniel for his support over the past two years in getting us as a council to uh, where we are today. So that brings us to tonight's feature, the critically acclaimed documentary, Gaby Baby. This film delivers an intimate insight into the lives of four children growing up with same-sex parents. At a time when the nation is debating marriage equality, this film reinforces that the family construct comes in many forms and that ultimately a family is defined by love and not politics. Told from the perspective of Gus, Ebony, Matt and Graham, four kids who you will see on screen very shortly, Gaby Baby shows us that it is your family who makes you who you are and that there is more than one way to make a family. The film will run for approximately 80 minutes and there will be refreshments and opportunities for discussions following the film. So I'll be back on stage then. In the meantime, sit back, relax and enjoy. Joy 94.9 is a GLBTIQ community radio station in Melbourne, Australia. Support Joy 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy. Joy.